And I'm Richard Simpson. And this is the Expanded Universe Comlink, your home for responses to everything Star Wars Legends. Certainly is. And as you can... And as you can hear, we do have Richard Simpson back with us again today. Hello, Richard. Hello, Brian. How are you today? How are you doing I, today? I'm very good. I'm also good. This is good. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have responses, you, don't you, we? You may know Richard uh, from We're Not Wizards. Um, we're going to get this out of the way at the top because we were very unprofessional. <laughs> and by that, I mean I was very unprofessional. Um, so, Richard, t- t- tell the fine people where they might know you from. Um, well, you probably know me from a... Well, the main place you probably know me is... Um, we're not wizards, which is a podcast all about board games and card games and RPGs. And there's two sides to that podcast. Um, myself and um, one of my friends, Colin, we started the podcast, and on occasion we get together and we have a chat. And then on the other side of the podcast, there is me dragging on people <laughs> that are either friends or designers of board games and card games and RPGs and such like and connected to the industry. And mm-hmm. I basically force them to put up with me for about an hour, hour and a half, and I try to be funny while they usually come out with some fried gold and I just ruin it by, <laughs> ch- by talking. Um, so you can find me on there. I also do drawing and stuff like that, but I've not been, I've not been drawing for a while, so I feel bad about even talking about that <laughs> stuff. Um, uh, you, you still draw though it still counts yeah yeah the rest of the time I gen- generally come out with um, outrageous comments on Twitter <laughs> Des- <laughs> de- designed to you do, generally you do cause an uproar on Twitter from here to there <laughs> I even caused one up last night <laughs> you did you literally <laughs> caused one yesterday <laughs> and all I said was that Final Fantasy um, it was it stops being any good after the opening credits <laughs> Yeah, which and, you know, that's that's not a controversial opinion at all. I just think, I I didn't realize at the time it was actually Final Fantasy VII's twentieth birthday. Oh, was it? Yeah, I didn't. I also didn't I didn't that. realize that as well. So that was probably why there was all the ire and the hate and everything like that that I got, which is interesting conversations. <laughs> Especially when I said Final Fantasy VII was blocky rubbish. Uh, that was, anyway. was good times. Well, it's worse than Star Wars, so there we go. <laughs> exactly, it's um, very true. Uh, so, speaking of Star Wars, let's uh, let's get into talking about some Star Wars. Yes. So uh, we're uh, today we're reading your responses to Kenobi, which was the book that we read in the uh, episode for this month. Yes. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and get us started with uh, uh, Zidu uh, at Cinchinot Plus on Twitter, uh, sitting in a DM, and he says, "Kenobi, this was truly a space western with all the trappings and tropes that entails." I think overall, it left a good impression, with a slow build-up to a strong finish. While the opening didn't immediately grab my attention, it was enough to press on to the meteor middle. Like the desert planet itself, there wasn't much flash to the tale, more of a steady burn throughout. Obi-Wan's meditative introspection was about the only glimpse given to the titular character, with most of the the reader gaining insight via the rest of the cast. Overall, that impression was weak, and the book best best served as a direct follow-up to the preceding events of Episode 3 rather than as a standalone piece. And I don't think that does a book a, the book a service. Uh-huh. That being said, I did quite enjoy the epilogue of the book, and the end itself may have been the strongest part of the narrative. I think there's some fair points made there by uh, Mr. Zito. Yeah, I I actually mo- agree with most of it. Yeah, I think that I I think that I liked that this book a lot, but I think that I think that he is maybe right that I'm looking at it through the lens of this is coming straight out of episode three. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this is, um, this is your reverse rogue one, isn't it? Basically mm-hmm. pretty yeah. much, you know, <laughs> um, which is fine. And, and he's right. I mean, I agree with his points about the slow build up and the rather tricky first half of the book. Um, it's, you know, it's some good points, well spoke or written in this case. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the epilogue. Yeah. I like the epilogue of the book. Um, yeah. As, as we talked about in the episode, the whole, the whole, uh, Oren getting his just desserts is just just amazing. It's lovely. It has got little chocolate sprinkles on the top mm-hmm. and a little <laughs> a little dusting of even that fancy gold powder you get in really expensive restaurants. We did like that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just picturing like the the the, the gold flakes that float around in gold schlager. <laughs> exactly. And so why do you have that? Because it's meant to cut your throat slightly, so the alcohol gets yeah. you. It's like sharp. <laughs> so you can look posh and pretend that you've got lots of money. Um, <laughs> exactly. So uh, why don't you uh, why don't you read we Luke's response? I've got Luke from the two two three. 
Kenobi's got to be the next independent film, right? I'm not sure on this, but have a look at the timing. It seems very odd to me that they went ahead and made that that story into a Legends book. I can only think they didn't want it conflicting with a future Cowboy Kenobi movie. And this is the response that led to me uh, kind of cutting you off a little bit during the main episode about ah, talking about right. a Kenobi movie. Ah. Because I knew we were going to be talking about it here. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think there. I think that um, where we are with the Star Wars films at the moment in general is that we're entering and we're in a much nicer place in the, mm-hmm. the terms that we seem to have jumped back into the realm that practical effects is good and that um, giving that lived-in Star Wars Star Wars look is again back on the table as opposed to the mm-hmm. really nice and shiny of the traditional. Well, the prequels, let's face it. So I think, um, yeah, I can see this. I can see them doing something. There is that missing gap between what Kenobi did next. And I think that Ewan McGregor did a damn fine job of portraying Yeah, and that's the biggest thing for me, is that if we just... I I just want to see Ewan McGregor play Obi-Wan Kenobi some more because I love him in those movies. I know, I know. I mean, he was... I think as as said in the episode, you know, you only really know Alec Guinness for forty, you know, probably maybe forty five minutes, if that, yeah. at all, in the entire screen, and obviously you and put in a good couple of hours, and it was almost the case that he he made it his own part, and I really mm-hmm. and I loved what he did with the character, and I like how he very he matured them the when going from the Phantom Menace into even Attack of the Clones, the massive difference in the character, his experience and everything kind of shone through as he moved from being Padawan to obviously Jedi, Jedi Knight, or even yeah. Jedi Master. So I think we could do that. I think it's <clears throat> there's a lot of things that could be explored. I'm, 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 yeah, I hope they decide to take the plunge. Do you know what? I'd be more excited about this over a Bob over a Boba Fett movie. I fully agree. I think that Boba Fett is actually, like, mad overrated. Yes. I I think Boba Fett is a cool character, but, like, I don't understand why most people love Boba Fett more than just, like, oh, he's got cool armor. Yeah, he had a cool Disney Infinity character kind of thing that was, like, gold dust (laughs) for a while, but, I mean, he's not a very good bounty hunter. (laughs) He got I I mean, he's, like, he's... He he's in the movies for like a grand total of like fifteen minutes total. Yeah, and then uh, in yeah. the in the original trilogy, and like he dies in the worst way possible. <laughs> he dies in the kind of you know the the kind of if you're a if you were involved, you went up into battle against a blind guy, and the blind guy accidentally <laughs> and the blind guy hit beat you in the back with your jetpack. What were you doing? <laughs> Spatial awareness, man. You know. And of course, there's a was there not a story in the expanded universe about Boba Fett actually being saved from the Sarlacc pit or something like uh, that as well? There totally is. Um, I don't want to talk about that too much because uh, spoilers that might be an um- oh, upcoming story. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, you just need <laughs> it's fine. You need to be sitting next to me so you can just like slap me across the back <laughs> back of the head. Do you know what I mean? What are you doing? Yeah, how, how dare you, Richard? How dare you spoil my, my future episodes? I know. Well, you know, guys, you know, pay attention and listen into the next episodes because there's obviously some really good stuff coming up. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that sounds quite good. Um, but yeah, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi movie please. would be amazing. Yes. And I think, I want to say that uh, Ewan McGregor has said that he would be open to returning to the role. Yeah. Uh, so J.J. Uh, Abrams or whoever's in charge of Star Wars that can get that done, why aren't you doing that already? Yeah, you should be really talking to him like right now because he is, he is, he, you know, he is a hot patootie off a shovel at the moment because he's just, I mean, he's quite happy to go back to roles. He's just on train spotting too. And that was, you know, there was a big gap between train spotting and train spotting too. And mm-hmm. he got the old role back and he's not morphed into some kind of huge lard ball over the preceding years either. No, he's you know, a very, he's, he's still shape. a very handsome yeah, man. He's in shape, you know, he's a, He's kept his shape. He's matured a lot more. Yeah, I think bring it on. Let's have some Kenobi. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to the next response. Here we go. Uh, this is this is Rob from the two twenty three. Says I'm currently reading Kenobi, so I'm ready for the next episode. 
I'm sure you'll have a different guess, but almost I almost wish it wasn't changing because I'd be very interested to hear what Jeremy thinks of this book when compared to Heirs of the Empire. Whether or not this one's better, I'm not really able to say. For one, I'm only about halfway through it. Secondly, it's just a very different type of book. I suppose I see some of the same weaknesses in this one that he mentioned in Heir to the Empire. It's still really self-referential. It seems to have a it seems to have a need to have a at least one cutesy little reference or tidbit for those quote in the know about once a chapter. It certainly gets old about the first couple. And yeah, I can kind of see that. I can, um, yeah, I, can, I think we yeah. talked about that a little bit, and I think yeah. maybe maybe it worked a little bit better on me here because it wasn't as in your face about it. Yeah, exactly. As we joked in the episode, it's like, hey, let's go to Hoth and catch a Broadway show. Would you like some ice cream? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Would you like to go for a snowball fight? No, I feel so. I've got some gas. Let's go to Bespin then. Kind of, you know, and so on and so forth. <laughs> Whereas I kind of, I think that the the um, the callbacks were a lot were a lot cleverer. As mm-hmm. in, um, there was a, I think going back over the book again. Um, there was bits where there was a direct couple of references to Yoda, where yeah. somebody says, you know, um, it was when Ben was cooking. For Annaline, and she mm-hmm. says, "You know, well, I cooked." She says, "Well, you tried," and he came back and says, <laughs> "He says, no, I, you know, I did." He says, there, "There is no try, kind of thing." So it was, <laughs> you know, it was a kind of a cute little kind of um, kind of shout back to um, Mister Kuno- Mister Yoda there, which was, which is fine. Yeah, I thought that was good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and this is actually uh, I, we I think we just kind of skipped over this. Uh, this is the one that like really like it made me roll my eyes, but it was kind of cool. Um, was when near the end of the book when uh, when Ben and Iark have this uh, conversation where she says to him, "You are a great warrior," and then he kind of chuckles and says, "Yes, I suppose I am." Yeah, and she corrects herself and says, uh, "Great warrior," hmm. and he he starts to say, "Wars do not make yeah. one great," and stops himself. <clears throat> yeah, because he, uh, which was very like, okay, like yeah. we get it. <laughs> yeah, okay, we understand. You're, you know, we uh, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you trained with Yoda. We get it, but it yeah, was fine. You probably like, Miller. I, Miller I, I definitely rolled my eyes when it happened, but <laughs> yeah. it was it was kind of cute at the same time. Yeah, Miller stopped kind of writing that mid sentence because he probably even rolled his eyes <laughs> back at his word processor, or maybe yeah, he's like, "Oh, nope, 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 can't do that." <laughs> probably the little Microsoft, Microsoft Assistant paperclip popped up and said, <laughs> "It looks like you're about to write something extremely cheesy. Do you want to stop that?" <laughs> and he's like, you know what? Yes, yeah, I, actually, I, I, I would like yeah, to I'm just gonna highlight. Undo. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Then we have. So yeah, why don't we move on to the final response, which is Zan from the two two three. He says, "I want to hear about your thoughts on the Tuscan representation and cult- culture. It's um, batshit nuts, and I'm really enjoying it." Um, <clears throat> I think we both thought the same. Really, I thought. Yeah, that we, I think. Yeah. I think we both felt exactly the same about that. I think we both really liked it and that it is very crazy and cool. Yeah, and it's um it's nice to um to put I guess a culture behind the mask on what was mm-hmm. a very very incidental character in the first film to kind yeah. of fleshing it out and and uh, building it with kind of trad- tradition and and stuff like that and some very very interesting traditions and some things which actually almost resonated with what happened in Attack of the Clones, as we said, mm-hmm. with, you know, Sh- uh, Shmi Skywalker, and you almost wonder if uh, if uh, Mr. Anakin hadn't turned up, if she would have ended up potentially um, a sand person herself. Right. So, no, but no. Um, really liked it. Really liked it. Really liked the little yes. jumps in. Very much liked it. Liked it, yeah. Liked everything about the lifestyle, the one about the you need two hands to hold a Gaddafi stick. Yeah. Oh, very good. And it's just like, it, it was nice to go from like them being these just like faceless villains to like giving them some sort of pathos, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's difficult to, um, it's difficult to do that when you've got somebody that would be, you know, a thug kind of thing or seen as kind mm-hmm. of like brutes of the piece or as animals, you know what I mean? Um, and I think for them to, to build that depth, he took a risk because people could have turned around and said this is nonsense, but I think there wasn't enough out there about the Tuscans, so it can it worked really really well. Yeah, and it's it, I, I always wonder like with something like that because like I mean the Tuscans are an established thing in the Star Wars mythology, but 
nobody had ever really done anything with them. So I wonder how, like, how that, that must have been pretty cool for him to be able to just, like, take this established character and, like, give, it, give them, like, actual character. Yeah, made his, made his mark with him, which is always, uh, mm-hmm. which is always really, really cool. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's cool. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think that's I think that's all of the responses. Fantastic. We've got today. So good stuff. Um, if, I want to. I do. I do want to thank everybody for for writing in. Yes, it was very nice of you. Yes, thank you for and keeping on coming as well. Because um, mm-hmm. there's obviously there's future episodes coming up, which Brian will make everybody aware of through yes through the twitters and through through everything else basically. Yeah. So um, we're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna try something new out with this episode. Um, I'm going to start, I think, is if this if this works out, uh, I'm going to start doing like a little interview with my guest in the responses episode. Okay. Uh, so, Richard, you get to be my my guinea pig for this. Okay. Are you <laughs> sure about this? Yeah. It, it, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, but I, I kind of just want to like, you know, get get to know my guests, like like get to know their history with Star Wars and with fantasy and like kind of like what w- what their view of, of everything was before they, you know, came on, before they became a part of a podcast about it, right? Yeah, um, okay. I mean, I... So, uh, why don't you tell me about your history with Star Wars? My history with Star Wars. Right, there was two two amazing things that happened in the 70s. Round about the end of 1974, um, a small child was born. (laughs) (laughs) And according to America, this would be in in a country far, far away a long, long Mm -hmm. time ago. And that was me. And that child's name was Albert Einstein. (laughs) It's not that far away, you cheeky... Um, but then, obviously, three years later, there was um, in '77 there was um, Star Wars. So I grew up. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, I am a Star Wars child, mm-hmm. and I was a Star Wars child experiencing it as everybody experienced it at the same time. I didn't come into it years later. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I remember very vividly. Um, having Star Wars toys from a very, very young age. I remember being in... It would have been primary primary one, which I would have been about four and a half, five years old. So it was the first year of what you would say grade school. And I remember there being a book club and the book of the month that was um, getting very, very heavily pimped at the time was the Empire State Strikes Back storybook. So it was photographs, okay. <laughs> from, photographs from the film. You know, I have one of those old storybooks yeah. uh, that I picked up at a half price book a while back. Wow. Of I think it's for the original movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you got to remember at the time. This is you know, internet doesn't exist. I mean, mm-hmm. you were drip fed information. I mean, Lucas was very, very much in charge about um, the information that was going out there. I mean, every single snippet. I mean. You got to understand this was off the back of Star Wars, which was one of the biggest <laughs> movies ever. So people were looking for snippets left, right, and centre. I mean, obviously, famous. Uh, I think famously, David Prowse um, got known as a bit of a snitch on set, which is why um, he got told he actually did. You know, actually, I think the story was he actually got told that um, Obi Wan didn't tell you who his father was. He was your. Yeah. He was your father. Because yeah, I, I, for, I think the story that I've heard is that like only James Earl Jones and uh, and George Lucas knew the line. Yeah. before, but like before editing. Yeah, and um, Mark Hamill didn't get told until he was actually on. I think mm-hmm. I think he was on just before he was on set because Prowse was known for just letting his mouth go. But anyway, <laughs> which to be fair, like he still kind of is. Like I, I don't I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, but like. He loves to talk about Star no, Wars. Just, it's pretty. It's pretty great. Yeah, he's still going about the exhibitions and everything like that, yeah. which is kind of, which is kind of cool. But nineteen eighties. I mean, I was five. You know, you're going into I'm being like five, six years old, and mm-hmm. then um, Christmas around that time was magical because um, you. I was picking up. I was getting the X Wing. I was getting the Millennium Falcon. Um, <laughs> I had a whole pile of figures. Actually, one of the first figures I got was um was it um Lomat, one of the bounty hunters. Oh okay, and yeah, yeah. He was sure. the, kind of the insect face guy. And yeah. then I got like Han Solo, who was in his um he was in his normal Carillion outfit. Mm-hmm. Um and we just built up a whole pile of figures, myself and my brother at the time, and I we spent days 
playing together because my brother was only about <laughs> 18 months younger than me. So we used to just spend days making up stories and everything like that. And this was before um, Jedi was out. And Jedi came out, was it 80, is it 82, 83? 83, yeah. Yep. So um, during the summer, and it was the summer, ho- I think it was the summer holidays it was released. And my dad said, um, <clears throat> hot summer's day. And my dad's and dad says to me and my brother, right, we're um we're going somewhere. Um <laughs> and by that time obviously the local stores I mean this was this is the difference I think between the Empire Strikes Back and maybe Return of the Jedi. The the toy merchandising machine for Return of the Jedi was in full effect to the point that they were starting to make up toys that didn't exist in the film. You remember the little mini toys you used to get, like the little Endorian kind of land speeder which was it was um, it was on a little gyroscope, so no matter which way you kind of twisted it, it always faced the same way. And there was also a little kind of um, Tatooine Jabba little fighter thing that was just bright orange. If you haven't seen them, look them up because they're fascinating because it was the first time that they seemed to have created, um, really went for kind of just creating anything. Um, mm-hmm. But then you got like the... Um, you got all the Ewok, the Ewok village, which was huge. You got the <laughs> Rancor monster that was coming out. You got um, yeah, I, I had a I had a big old Rancor figure oh. uh, when I was a kid, and he had a little um, his back, one of his the spines that stuck out of the back. You press that down, and he opened his mouth. Yes, he was yes, sol- <laughs> he was, <laughs> it was great. He was solid, solid plastic, but um, the figures were okay. The figures were rubbish. <laughs> Because yes, they absolutely were. I was, were I was actually when you were when you were talking about getting the figures, uh, uh, I was going to ask you uh, if, if you had if you had among your figures that stupid Luke with the lightsaber blade that just like comes out of his palm. Yes, <laughs> and I had that, and you had um, you had Obi Wan Kenobi, and Obi Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi had the first thing. He had to hold his arm out, and they had a little kind of. He looked like he was holding a lightsaber, and it was blue, and you kind of pushed out. But you had Darth Vader as well. And Darth Vader smelled of strawberries. <laughs> he was the original lots of love and bear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he used to go. He used to go about and you know get get them to my ship. Oh, you smell nice today, Darth. Thank you. And on he goes, creating havoc and creating fear. Um, but yeah, the the thing was that um, we didn't have things like GI Joe, so you couldn't really com- compare. But um, G.I. Joe's obviously came out maybe across to the UK. They came out as Action Force. And they had fully articulate figures. So you'd have Star Wars figures with like four points of movement where the legs would stick out straight and the arms would stick out straight. And they made lightsaber yeah, def- figures. No, sh- definitely no elbows or knees. Oh, it's just rubbish. And then you had like, <laughs> um, do you remember Mask? Which was the Mobile but- Armored Strike Command. And you got cars that, you got basically vehicles that transformed into other type of armored vehicles and the f- it's very funny that you bring up mask because i was just thinking about that today and uh, because it came up on another podcast <laughs> well the mask figures were about maybe two-thirds the size of the star wars figures but they were made of a slightly probably the same material but they had plastic um they had plastic joints in there and they f- they bended at the knees and they bended at the arms so you could put them properly in the vehicles and I always used to wonder as a kid, why couldn't we just have proper bendable arms and legs? You know what I mean? Especially when you're putting them in the TIE Fighter or having to stick them in the Falcon or putting them in any yeah. vehicle when they just looked a bit daft when you're putting their arms out straight in front of them. But this, <laughs> And their legs uh, just sticking straight out when they're sitting in the seats. <laughs> this, uh, no, it was just what? Anytime they're sitting down at the Falcon table, at the holograph, and their legs are sticking <laughs> yeah. out straight underneath, it's like, please... Bend your legs, Chewie. You ain't going to be ripping anybody's arms off. In fact, mate, I'm surprised you're not starving because you can't actually feed yourself anything. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to bend Jerry, over at the waist. I know. They're going to put their... They're stuck in the worm tunnel in Empire Strikes Back and they have to put on each other's <laughs> gas breathing apparatus because they can't actually reach their own face. <laughs> I mean, no wonder Darth Vader had breathing problems because he couldn't get his asthma thing to his mouth. <laughs> It's like, quick, somebody sort out. No, no, sort out his, sort out his vent and all. He's off again. He's off again. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> but despite all of the hilarious, like, poorly constructed toys, like, uh, those toys were, like, everything that everybody wanted. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, we had them for years and years. And then, as I said, um, it was, and I digress because I'll digress a lot because this is talking about <laughs> Star Wars. But, That's what you do. <laughs> you know, your dioramas, and then you had, like, the B-Wing fighter, which was about... 60 or 70 centimeters long it was a big toy and the arms and the wings folded out the you know mm-hmm. the foil, the um, attack wings went into the right the right positions um, and it had little sounds and it also had like a a gyroscopic kind of cockpit it didn't matter which way you faced the b-wing it always kind of went around so the hype was real and then yeah. my dad says um i says are we going out yeah 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 he says um he said, and then we turn up outside the cinema, and I was like, okay, what's going on here? And the cinema at the time was doing a special where they um, they were showing kind of um, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Um, okay, yeah. But he took us along to the... Where did he take us? He took us along to the one which was Empire Strikes Back, then Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, do you know, in all honesty, I don't think I had seen Empire Strikes Back. Because really? I was, well, I was only, you understand, I was only like four and a half, five. Yeah, yeah, sure, because first, you, know, you were, six, what, three when the first out. one yeah. came out? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was three when the first one came out, 77. I was then going to be six when the second one came out, and I don't think my my parents didn't think it was, you know... I don't think they thought it was appropriate for a six-year-old to go and see Empire yeah. Strikes Back. So when Return of the Jedi came round, and remember that Lucas stopped the videos or anything coming out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like now where you know, you've know you got um, Rogue One, you can pre-order Rogue One for when it gets released on the 31st of May. <laughs> you know, um, Yes, thank you, Mr. Sony. Um, I mean, Lucas just said, no, if you want to see Star Wars, you've got to come and see it at the cinema. You know, you, mm-hmm. you didn't get it out in video. And yeah. um, so I went in and watched Empire Strikes Back, the original. I mean, this was before yeah. they did the special editions. And then watched Return of the Jedi. And then that was me. I mean, I was... <laughs> this is, from then on, you were just good. That was it. I was fine. I mean, and, and it was the kind of the films that you compared everything else to. There's no two ways about it. Um, it was strange because after that, you didn't... When Return of the Jedi finished, um, the love was still there. I mean, all the way through up until you kind of got into high school. And then, I mean, when I started high school, and that was 86, I am really old, aren't I? Fucking hell. <laughs> Sorry. You started high school two years before I was born. <clears throat> Just let's, yeah, I know. I can't even think about that now. That's, you know, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I'm even trying to do the maths. And it's a case of like, it used to be, see when it was like 2006, I could go, well, I was born. That's 86, so it's 2006, so that's 20 years. Now I'm having it work well as, that's 14 years one side and 17 years the other side. And I was like, yep. damn it. This is just, anyway, Star Wars faded for a bit. Yeah. As it naturally did. And there was still, I mean, I got, um, I remember getting given a whole pile of the old Star Wars comics and reading them from cover to cover. Um, and then Star Wars kind of drifted into the background until um, there was noise about the um, noise about the special editions. And mm-hmm. first of all, there was the noise about he was actually going to release them. I think he decided to release them all on VHS. Yeah, that was in like the early 90s because I have a copy of those VHSs. And I think it's like 90, <laughs> 91, yeah. 92. Yeah, and then he talked about um, touching up. special editions. Yeah, touching up Star Wars. I do remember, though, that um, round about that time, I think that um, the... Obviously, they they expanded, you know, they were still thinking about... um, Well, things came out like the X-Wing game at that time. So there was still a lot of things coming out and tripping along and making you miss the Star Wars universe for what it was and then you would obviously you'd go back to your toys and you would look at them and then you would realise that people were saying oh if you had the gun for that it'd be worth <laughs> you know 50, yep. 50 bucks and um, but you don't so it's worth a quarter yeah no I remember my um, my my um, my dad's biggest regret was the fact that we had a huge collection of Star Wars figures with the guns and everything and when 
um, during a house move they just they went somewhere we have no mm-hmm. idea to this day where they went and he he um, when he passed away he still didn't know where these Star Wars <laughs> we had the f- <laughs> I mean we still had um, <clears throat> we still had the Slave 1 which was the best toy ever we still had the B-Wing we still got a whole pile of vehicles kind of kicking about from the from the Jedi age so they're they're getting on a bit but yeah Star Wars kind of slipped into I guess away into the past until the special editions kind of came up but mm-hmm. the big thing about the special editions was I went and saw them all at the cinema because they did yeah. the same thing again he released Star Wars and then he, I think he waited a little while and then he released Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and he put them out in the cinema again because again it was if you want to see the special editions, you have to see them in the cinema. You're not going to be able to see them anywhere else before he decided, obviously, to to release them later on. Um, yeah, so that, that, this time it didn't last very long because those those movies came out on VHS not too long after. No, yeah, exactly. Because I, I I I remember buying the special edition uh, VHS box set in like it had to have been like '98. Yeah, absolutely, and um. Round about that time, well, <clears throat> time moving onwards, and I think, um, as I say, um, there's no interest. You move on. Um, I must have completely forgot about Star Wars. I do remember. Um, <laughs> I do remember going into a a comic shop at the time, and they had like a an old Star Wars magazine, and I think that they had run out of so much material. Um, I think they'd got to the point where they'd analysed every single part of the universe <laughs> that I think the headline on the front cover was Was Luke Skywalker Jesus Christ? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember picking that up and going Oh my goodness, these are guys Guys, you need to go and work for another magazine but um, they were still hanging on because they obviously still had some kind of um, publication but I did laugh but yeah. then, um, I mean, like obviously that publication probably sold. So oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, let's face it. Um, as soon as it hit into the the following five years, you had the the announcements of the um, the prequels. Mm-hmm. Now, the thought of finding out the story of what happened to Darth Vader set the tongues a wagon, and it set my imagination oh, yes. a going. Now, I reckon everybody if you had asked them to pen a Vader kind of origin story, had their own idea of what happened. <laughs> and I bet you none of it was like what flipping <laughs> Lucas put on the screen. Um, now this is pod racing. <laughs> I don't like sand because it's cold and it gets <laughs> gets in my, my cracks. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think, I mean, the hype was really real. I remember that I I didn't see, I didn't see the Phantom Menace in the cinema, because I okay. think at the time I was working um, a a badly paid job and money was really really tight and mm-hmm. and one of my friends um, eventually kind of managed to get hold of some kind of really badly <laughs> like a bootleg, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 kids out there, you know, <laughs> you're complaining when you get a forty AP rip of a film from Ugh. the cinema. <laughs> Can you imagine actually having to try and work out what actually the characters look like because of the way that it was filmed <laughs> on the screen and the and also the cut of it and and also having kind of like um, subtitles at the bottom that were in like Russian or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's what you had to watch. So I think the first couple of times I watched The Phantom Menace, it was um, it was pretty grim looking, but the excitement was there. But there was something missing. Always something missing. And <laughs> I don't know what it was. Um, I didn't... Do you know what? I, w- I got excited because it was Star Wars. And there was some really, really cool things coming up. And there was mm-hmm. this, the lightsaber fights. And Darth Maul was fantastic. And I really liked yeah. Liam Neeson. And I didn't like Ewan McGregor as Kenobi at the beginning. Because it sounded at the beginning he was just trying to do an Alec Guinness impression. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Do you know what I mean, you were right about the negotiations. They were short. <laughs> Get off the flipping stage. But 
Um, I think Ewan McGregor tells this anecdote all the time is the fact that George Lucas had to keep telling him off because every time there was like some kind of lightsaber action, he would stand there and actually go. <laughs> so him and Liam Neeson got I told just, off. I just watched that. Uh, watched that that um, special. Yeah, documentary thing. Yeah, recently actually. Yeah, and he actually said they got roused for actually making the lightsaber sides. He said no. <laughs> this was like George was like, no, we do that in the uh, post productions. Um, but uh, I didn't. I didn't know that you had George Lucas in the room with you. <laughs> he's got a lot of questions, and I've got, a, <laughs> and I've got a lot of time. He's, he's got a lot of litigation to he's do got, about this podcast. He's got a lot to. He's got a lot of things to answer for. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the, the the thing is now, right, okay, I mean, fast forward into now, I mean, I went and seen Attack of the Clones at the cinema, mm-hmm. and I came out walking and going, that's more like it, there you go, let's miss <laughs> out all the romance stuff in the middle, because Hayden Christensen, God bless him, but I've seen him in other things and he can act. Yeah, he's not terrible, he's just a terrible Anakin. I've, I've seen... And, and honestly... Let's uh, do you want? Let's let's have a Star Wars confessional for a minute. Right. I like Attack of the Clones. I like Attack of the Clones. Uh, I don't like the romance stuff, but I no. like Attack of the Clones. No. Like it's everything outside of the romance is pretty all right. Yeah, I I really you know what? Um, and I was going to move on to this. I'll jump onto it now. Okay, my son, my youngest, mm-hmm. because my middle son, he's ten, so he started watching the prequels when they were on DVD when they came out. Yeah. This was before Blu-ray existed, guys. So probably he, <laughs> my son's probably older <laughs> than a lot of people listening. But then my, f- oh gosh, my, f- I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> then my four-year-old, um, um, he watched The Force Awakens, which we'll come back to. And then mm-hmm. I, and then I said, okay, I'm going to go out and buy, um, the Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and. I he was totally transfixed. I was transformed. It was back to years and years ago, and he totally, you know, he totally loves it. Um, then he watched the Phantom Menace. Doesn't like the Phantom Menace. <laughs> it's because it's different. I don't know. It's not lived in Star Wars. Anyway, no. I'm going. I'm jumping. All, yeah, I'm jumping this. all over the place here. But I really liked Attack of the Clones. I wasn't too hot on the the the, um, the acting stuff. I've seen, I think, again, Ewan McGregor did a sterling job as Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, oh, yes. as I say, you know, I mean, it's like... Uh, I think he really came into his own in that movie, yeah. like, as Obi-Wan. Yeah, he owned that. He owned that whole thing. He kept it all together. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Samuel Jackson in it. Mm-hmm. I thought he was Samuel Jackson is in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> uh, isn't that kind of what he is in every movie, though? Yeah. This party's over. Okay. <laughs> And I will strike down with great vengeance and furious <laughs> anger those who attempt to destroy my Jedi. You know, and it's just what? Yeah, exactly. Just put it, stop it. Stop it, Samuel. But um, some really strong characters in there. Um, you know, um, and then there was the Yoda scene. And that blew my mind at the time. I was just like, this yeah. is amazing. This is what Yoda was like. No wonder they say he's amazing. And there's obviously the comment in Attack of the Clones where he says, you know, if you're wit, if you practice your lightsaber skills as much as you're wit, you would probably, um, you'd probably um, be able to um, match Master Yoda. Um, mm-hmm. And Anakin comes back and says, I already, I thought I already did. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> only in your dreams. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Now I really yeah. like that. Um I yeah like I, I, yeah I liked it. Take the romance out because Natalie Portman was like she acted her ass off when she was in Leon, Leon, mm-hmm. and then he puts her in this and she like somehow Lucas doesn't know how to direct people. No, that's that is very clear. Very, I mean, the thing clear. is, is that like like I'm it's it's not the romance itself that puts me off. It's just those two people not having the chemistry to no, be in a romance together. No, yeah, I mean, there's no you know there's no. There's no, you know, if somebody had said to me that Anakin used the Force in order to make a Padme like him, I would say, <laughs> you know, I'd kind of like be, yeah, I can, I can get with that because as soon mm-hmm. as, as soon as she spends any time away from you, she doesn't like you that much. <laughs> she right. wakes up at halfway when they're on their way to, um, uh, when the, when they're on their way to Mustafar, and she goes, 
Oh my goodness, where the hell am I? <laughs> oh my goodness. What's go Oh my goodness, I'm pregnant. What have I been doing? Oh my goodness, I'm pregnant. I'm married? How did that happen? <laughs> you know. Um so the no, I mean that's not fair, but um I just think that um it needed and this is going to sound like pretentious as hell, but um McGregor's an actor, Liam Neeson is an actor. Natalie Portman is a really good actress in the right hands, you know, the right directorial mm. hands, as I've seen recently, you know, well, under Leon and under, under other films that she's been in, you know, she won a flipping yeah, Oscar like, for goodness uh, sake. Beautiful Girls is one of my favourite movies. Exactly, you know. And she's amazing in that. And Lucas managed to strip that aside to turn her into kind of like, here, look at the flipping ping pong ball on the end of the stick and, and a fuse, and it's like, well, what am I working with? <laughs> but that was the, okay. And that was where it, was obvious that he's filming. Lucas decided to cut scenes together. And Liam Neeson, that's one of the reasons he said he refused to, kind of didn't want really much to do with it afterwards because he said mm -hmm. it was really, really difficult to act when you don't know which scenes are going to be used. And those whole piles of scenes, he said that he knew he filmed some of it, but it wasn't filmed in that kind of order. It was copied and pasted. Mm -hmm. It was if George Lucas had been given some fabulous technology and then nobody told him, nah, rein it in a bit, <laughs> you know. Then we get to Revenge of the Sith. I'm a little older. Was that a, was that a Freudian slip there a little bit? <laughs> Revenge of the... Oh, just... Do you know what I'm going to confess? I kind of like Revenge of the Sith. I have a soft spot for it because I still really, really love the relationship between Anakin... Um, and Obi-Wan. You know, uh, listeners of this podcast and also people that just know me will know that Revenge of the Sith is A, my favorite of the prequels, yeah. and B, like Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship is my favorite part of the entire trilogy. I would have taken another, again, I would have taken another hour of just having them together and doing Jedi stuff together, because I reckon it would be the best buddy cop mm -hmm. movie. It would be like, you know, lethal laser weapon four or something <laughs> i just think it would have been so much fun the kind of you could tell that was one of the times where i seen it kind of the quips back and forward kind of you know they kind of worked and stuff like that but yeah again it seemed to be kind of sanitized to drive the plot plot forward and um there's so many different ways i would have wrote that movie to having how vader came to where he was i mm -hmm. think the whole kind of i can help you save your i can help you save your wife Okay, I will do whatever you say. <laughs> and the thing is, is that um, I don't want to burn too much cast for a, a potential future episode on the Revenge of the Sith novelization. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's the same thing. It's it's Palpatine offering to help him save his wife. But, like, it's this, like, slow seduction yeah. that, like, it takes some time. Like, it's not just one scene. No, I know. And, and the thing was, right, in, in Attack of the Clones, he was already built into that. Mm -hmm. He was being subtle, and he says, "You know, I can see you. You know, I can see you becoming a really powerful Jedi. You know." And he's slowly kind of like building up his confidence and stuff like that. So you can see he's already doubting Kenobi a bit. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think. Do you know what? I'd, in my experience, okay. And I know we're talking about my ex my experience, my personal experience of it. Yeah, they could have had people acting the shit out of that scene instead of the the way it was there wasn't any anguish there wasn't any real pain no there wasn't any conflict you tried to decide to use if they didn't have the big mace window fight i kind of think that kind of forced tried to force it because i don't know if samuel jackson wanted a nice big death in it or something like that but mm-hmm Anyway. Well, actually, he he he's said in recent history that he thinks that uh, Mace Windu is still alive. Yeah. So that kind of tells you what you need to know yeah. about Samuel L. Jackson. Mm, yeah, exactly. But I don't know. Um, so did I walk away from the prequels going back stuff you, Lucas? Yeah, a little bit. But at the same time, it's always occasionally a guilty pleasure. I do go back, and I like watching the. You know, I like watching Revenge of the Sith. You know, it's, it's Me the, too. It is the last film that um, my son is going to see of the Star Wars, you know, films. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he'll want to watch Phantom Menace again. From my point of view, I was sitting there and, and I ended up looking at the wall behind my 
head <laughs> I roll my eyes so many flipping times and I feel bad because people go if you'd handed over the script to the fans they might have done a better job I I don't believe that to be fair yeah I know but you know I don't think that I, I don't look Lucas did a bad job with the Phantom Menace yeah but, then it, but I don't think that people that are big fans of Star Wars would necessarily have written a better one. Yeah, I suppose. But Miller could have. <laughs> yeah, I wonder absolutely. He, I wonder if he's <laughs> sitting there thinking something else. But no, I mean, um, fast forward now to... Um, it just became... Um, it was like... Um, what was it? There was a, there was a, um, there was a TV series on um, Channel 4 called Spaced. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, Simon Pegg. It was where Simon Pegg, you know, Shaun of the Dead and everything like that, kind of got his first yeah, big... I've, uh, I've watched the first couple episodes of that, oh, but I never, I never watch, finished it. You need to watch all of them. Um, I've heard it's very good. It is, you'll love it. You'll absolutely adore it, because there's so many kind of Star Wars references in it. But one of them is him just burning all his <laughs> burning all his Star Wars stuff in a big fire. <laughs> it is actually standing just like um, Luke was standing in Return of the Jedi over Vader's body <laughs> <laughs> and uh, somebody goes up to him and he plays a guy called Tim and he goes, Tim Tim, it's been three years mate, and he goes yeah I know, but it still hurts <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of where, where I was um, and uh, I must admit, I kind of whenever there's been a bit of Star Wars stuff I mean you always kind of jumping back into the universe. I mean, I watched a little bit of clone. I watched a little bit of the Clone Wars, kind of mm-hmm. cartoon series. I watched the what's the guy's name that did the cartoon, the first kind uh, of Jindy Tartakovsky. Yes, yes, I love that series. I really, really liked that. I thought it was amazing. Um, and then I thought it was <clears throat> sorry. I thought it was sanitized a bit when they did Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was a real shame that show actually just ended abruptly. Um, yeah, and you kind of catch it now and again, and you know you've all I've, um, <clears throat> I don't have any issue with like Lucas changing stuff. Mm-hmm. I know his argument is it's my film, but I reckon there's so many things he could have changed <laughs> that he should have <laughs> changed rather than kind of concentrating on certain things. But um, yeah, but it, it's really weird because I'm now forty. What am I? Forty two. And mm-hmm. it seems to continually be cropping up, and it's not like any other <laughs> series ever. You know, yeah. I mean, I drift, I've been a Batman fan, I've drifted in and out of Batman, but I'm, you know, I've drifted away from the comic side of Batman. Star Wars seems to keep just cropping up at certain yeah, points in my I, life. Yeah, I think maybe we have some pretty similar experiences with this, where, like, you never, like, I've never fully stopped being a Star Wars fan. It's just like no. it, it's like it's like it just like I'm I'm not really paying that much attention to it. And then here I am. I'm a hundred percent back into it. And now I'm making a podcast about it. I just remember um, somebody saying um, they're doing seven, and I was mm-hmm. like, ah, yeah, right, okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> Here's the cash cow. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. I did not have very high hopes before that first trailer like, came and out. It was like, and it's like. Lucas isn't doing it. What? J.J. <laughs> Abrams doing it? And the little my little my little ears pricked up because you know what I mean. You know, um, haters can leave, and you know, come get me with your water and your fire and your sticks, <laughs> yeah, and your pitchforks, yeah. But I like J.J. Abrams, yeah. I like what he did. I like what he did. was he did Super Eight. I like yeah. that film, yeah. I also like. He did that first Star Trek movie. That was exactly. all right. I like that Star Trek movie as well. Yeah, and then when they said he was going to be doing Star Wars, I went, Do "You know what? Why the hell not? Give it to some guy who obviously yeah. loves the material." And then the first the first trailer came out, and uh, I was like, Do "You know what? I first, you know, the first thing that popped into my head was, holy shit." He's using practical effects. Yep. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that I'm going to make thing. another little com- con- confession here. Yeah. Uh, I may or may not have cried the first time I watched that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll confess as well. You see the second trailer, the one where you've got the um, the the one that cuts into the Falcon that does mm-hmm. start with almost like the music from the asteroid 
scene, the remix, where you've got yeah. Kylo Ren saying, um, you know, um, I will finish what you started. And then it goes, I almost did as well. Because I just, <laughs> it wasn't that, it was the fact that it just, um, it was the chords that were playing in the background before. And it was like, ding, ding. And then it changed and then it went, and then it went, and I was like, oh, oh, oh my goodness, big lasers, oh, Kylo Ren, oh, this is amazing, oh. And then I went and searched out the Japanese trailer and I went, oh, this is even more amazing. <laughs> and then I was just like, wow, this is going to be, this is, this could be really really good mm-hmm. and then I went and saw it and I saw it um, I saw it on my um, <clears throat> I saw it on my birthday and then I saw it I saw it the um, my son my 10 year old I said I said to him you know I said to him in passing I said listen when the Star Wars when the Star Wars comes out we go and see it so um, <laughs> that's what he did, you know. I went out and he says, "Okay," and he reminded me, like, kind of beginning of December. He says, um, "Do you know we're going to go and see Star Wars?" I was like, "Yes, we are." <laughs> and then my two younger brothers, and one of them who's, you know, the eighteen months, eighteen months younger than me, and the other one's eight years old, eight years younger than me, kind of went <laughs> eight years old. Eight, no, he's he was like. Um, we're um, we're taking you for your birthday. We're taking you to see Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "When are you taking me?" He says, "Well, I'm, I'm taking you on the twenty second, the day after your birthday." I says, "Okay." And then my son was like, "Are we still going to go see Star Wars?" He's, and I said, "And the conversation that should have maybe played out was, I'm sorry, but um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go and see it with um, Uncle." Uncle Graham and Uncle Brian, and mm-hmm. we'll go and see, and I'll tell you what we'll see if you can come along as well. And um, I checked, and they went, "Well, there's no there's no seats because it was just after the opening weekend." Mm-hmm. So what happened was I went, "Fuck it," <laughs> and saw it on the twentieth with him. <laughs> and then my brothers went, "This was supposed to be a birthday treat." I says, "It still is a birthday treat." I says, "I'm going to see it on Sunday." Yeah, this so, means you get to see a great movie twice instead of just well, once. Well, okay, and the reason we did this was he was um, he was eight at the time, mm-hmm. and that was the same age that I when I went and seen, or he was nine. Sorry, he was eight, he was nine at the time. So that was the same age that I was when I seen Jedi. Yeah. So for me and him, it was like a, it was one of those moments. You know, he was the same age as I was when I went along, and it was like. If I'm going to go and see this new Star Wars film, then mm-hmm. it only makes sense for me to go along with him and yeah. for him to experience you gotta, you gotta, it. You got to pass it on yeah, to the I, next generation. Yeah, and I've got, um, I remember, and if I go back in my Twitter timeline, I've um, there's a photograph of me and him going in, and there's a photograph I've taken just off the cuff of his face after he's seen The Force Awakens. And yeah. The joy that is in his face <laughs> I've never seen it's just natural it's not a posed smile yeah. it's the kind of I have just had an experience and I know people will complain and say that The Force Awakens is the Dark Souls 3 <laughs> of the film series no it's not that bad <laughs> um, but I really really like The Force Awakens me too I really like The Force Awakens I don't um, mind it. I have it on Blu-ray. I will regularly sit down and watch The Force Awakens because I like how they do it. There's a weak bit in the middle with the hand stuff, which mm-hmm. I think there is an extended fight scene on the cutting room floor between the guys that they brought in from the raid. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, well, what can we do? Well, we could bring in all these martial artists. And then what are we going to do? we have a fight? No, no, we have we'll a have CGI around. monster coming in and attacking <laughs> everybody instead. So I reckon on the cutting room floor there is some kind of big battle between everybody. Yeah. But I think Daisy Ridley was very, very good. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked, you know. Um, yeah, 
I mean, I thought she was. Yeah, amazing. I mean, my 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 Twitter profile picture has been yeah. uh, Finn and Poe yeah, like yeah, since it's... that movie came out because I just loved the interplay between those characters yeah. so much. I think he's just they're they're my space boyfriends, and I will work no <laughs> arguments. And I will break people's legs in asteroids <laughs> for anybody that argues with me. That's right. Yeah, I just think him, you know, Oscar Isaac was um, fantastic, phenomenal, and uh, John Boyega. It was acting. That was it. Do you know mm-hmm. what? That was the difference yeah. between what Lucas couldn't bring to the table, which was actually saying, and Oscar, I mean, going back, Oscar Isaac's got one hell of a flipping back catalogue. Yes, he does. In terms of his acting and stuff like that, he keeps appearing in these like film four films that they play late at night, and it's like an Oscar Isaac stars as somebody completely <laughs> different from the role he's played before, showing he can mm-hmm. act okay. And then I remember watching um, Attack the Block. I think it was two weeks before I went and seen The Phantom Menace. And it's got a very, very young John Boyega. Yeah. And that's a very good film as well. That was an enjoyable film. Yeah. So, in many ways, JJ saved the Star Wars fan that was inside of me. Because I reckon if it had been a crappy film... I think I would have just went, no, that's it. I would have left Yeah, and it. When, when I saw The Force Awakens, I saw it with my best friend because um, I knew that I would be unable to be objective about it uh, in any way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, like, I told him going into it, I was like, unless this movie is just an abject failure, like I will love it, so I need you to tell me if it's actually good at the end of it. Exactly. And so I, t- I turned to him after like during the credits, and I was like, "So was that amazing, or was that amazing?" <laughs> I just went, "I can't wait to watch it on Wednesday again." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw uh, the Force Awakens. I think nine times in the theater. You know, I am not going to judge you on that because I think I, that's probably worth every penny. Do Do you want Do you want to judge me a little bit though? Why? That's That's not my record for most star most time seeing a Star Wars movie was, in the theater. What is that then? Uh, saw Revenge of the Sith thirteen times. Again, there's no judgment here. <laughs> I mean, I, I I like Revenge of the Sith as we've just discussed. Yeah, exactly. But Thirteen times is maybe a little ridiculous. No, no. Uh, but to be fair, I was in high school and I had friends that worked at movie theaters, so I got in free for a lot of them. Well, there you go. Then that's fine. Um, Rogue One. Uh, Rogue One. Rogue One. Again, I I really can't see them unless they make some massive mistakes over the next yep. couple of years. Really, I mean, really, really, really massive mistakes. I can't see where they're going wrong with this. They seem to have hit their stride. Do you know mm-hmm. what it is? It's like when they went from releasing something like Thor and the original Iron Man to then going into like say Captain America Winter Soldier this is where I yeah. feel they're at with this you know they're kind of at that and I love Captain America the Winter Soldier with yeah, it's, all it's my heart um, <clears throat> and I feel that's where Star Wars is for me mm-hmm. I went into Rogue One with high expectations that were matched and I came out being a fan and being very very excited for what's happening with um, episode 8 so I yeah. could have been a lost little lamb and decided, right, now nah, I'm going to stick with something else. And I haven't. So, you know. Yeah. So somewhere back there, back in, um, you know, back in the summer of 83, there is a, a young man who walked out after seeing Return of the Jedi with a big smile on his face. <laughs> and, you know, in December of last year, there was again a very kind of... A, bo- a guy who... Hoped he felt young at heart with the same kind of big smile <laughs> on his face as well. So it's ex- yeah, and just yeah. The, <clears throat> this is something where like I I I don't have children and I don't think that that's necessarily like in my immediate future. No. Um, but that is something that like I'm not I, I don't want to say I'm jealous of you, but like I it's definitely like really cool that you got to you get to pass on like your love of something like this, you know, to to your kids, you know. And just, you know, especially with The Force Awakens being, like, that's very symbolically accurate for you to be passing on Star Wars to your to your son yeah, with The Force Awakens. Absolutely. I mean, that was the first one that my youngest saw. Until mm-hmm. afterwards we realized it was, like, a Certificate 12 or something like that. And I went, oh, okay, maybe this is a little bit dark for him. But he, it's not too bad, though. 
It's not. I mean, guess it's not bad because obviously I mean, there's Ky- like, Kylo Ren is probably pretty scary for a young kid. Yeah, he's quite scary. I think it's kind of obviously the, um, the the big tragedy in the middle of the film that they ramped up yeah, a bit sure. and stuff like that as well. But um, he saw that. Then he saw Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back: Return of the Jedi. They went, mm-hmm. "There's Han," and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> he says, "Oh, he's okay." I was like, "Yeah, he's not going to fall." No. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember, just as a quick aside on The Force Awakens, when... And do we have to spoiler this? No, it's been out for over a year. <sighs> you know and people I mean? are listening to a Star Wars podcast. Know, if you so haven't seen The Force Awakens, yeah, what are you doing? Get away. Um, <laughs> I remember my son, my middle son, when I was sitting in the cinema and we were watching it for the first time. And, um, and he turned to me after Han kind of died. And he went, mm-hmm. tell me there's a twist. <laughs> that's what he said yeah. I was like I, I don't know what to say yeah, it was, uh, it was very no, devastating I don't think there is and he went, it was devastating for 26 year old me So yeah, he's sitting there like that and he just went like that motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> no he didn't, he didn't he didn't I would have chastised him and told him off if he'd said that but you know you could tell I was thinking it and he was thinking it at the same time we just looked at each other it was just like just tell me there's a twist I says no I think he's gone <laughs> So there you go. So it's like a Star Wars life, and yeah. it's nice being nice to you know to jump back in and actually read some read some literature. I mean, you've got the whole games thing. I mean, I've played all the Star Wars. Oh games. Yeah. I'm still playing Battlefront. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I don't mind it. I how, like it. I've... How how was that? Uh, that Rogue One mission that they added? It was good fun. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't I haven't played it. I did, the only uh, Battlefront that I've played is with my little brother who lives four hours away from me, so I don't get to play with him that often. No, I mean um, the the good missions were the space missions, the return of the mm-hmm. the kind of the space missions off over the Death Star were quite cool, and the Scarif missions were very cool as well. So I don't know. It's nice to be back in a universe where um, that that where it is just now as a universe. I'm kind of enjoying this whole thing and I'm very excited to see what happens next yeah and I, uh, I, I I'm i glad that you you enjoyed your book yes. that I assigned to you yes and uh, that hopefully hopefully you will uh, maybe maybe pick some more up in the future I, I will be I'm open up for my next assignment <laughs> Mr. Wade <laughs> Yeah, and I mean you're you're obviously all uh, you're you're obviously also welcome to read along with the podcast, absolutely, with whatever we read in the future. Yes, but yeah, and I I I would be more than happy to have you back on. That I think we had cool. a really good really good time. Yeah, uh, three so hours. We will, three uh, hours worth of folk were going. <laughs> Why just? Yeah, ho- ho- hopefully, no. Hopefully, everybody else likes it. Oh no, just read the book to me, Gan. <laughs> <laughs> just read the book. But uh, I think th- I think that'll probably about do us. Cool. We're, we're running up on a, a little over an hour. Here. I know, but this is the thing. If you get me started <laughs> after... talking about Star Wars after me saying, right, I better go. Yep. Oh, no, I I, I knew what I was getting into. It's okay. No, I'm going to be... When you were the one saying, oh, I can't, I can't be on too long. No, I'm, I'm going to feel... I'm going to be like Han Solo and Bespin. <laughs> over them. I'm going to be like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> He better not die. He's worth a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, don't change Boba Fett's voice. It's not right. The guy that yeah. voiced him is dead. And also the same with the Emperor, yeah? Stop that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I agree. I know I know but they, yeah. yeah. Let's not go there. So let's uh Let's let's go ahead and wrap this up. Yes. <laughs> so, so you don't get in trouble. Yes. So Richard, thank you very much for being on these podcasts with me. No, thank you very for much for having like me. four hours podcasting with me. That's been good fun. It's been good fun. And listen, we didn't mention anything to do with um you know, other things. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Which is always good. Um, so uh, what, what, uh, where, where can people find you? Um, if you are interested in board games, card games, um, listening to me kind of berate Magic the Gathering wherever I can, <laughs> then you can, you can catch me on We're Not Wizards on Twitter and we're on we'renotwizards.com and we're on Facebook at We're Not Wizards as well. If you want to read something which will probably incite you to potentially block me if you're a Dark Souls fan, <laughs> then you can follow me at Revatar, which is R-E-V-A-T-A-R, um, where I say th- wonderful things like Demon Souls uh, is not a Souls games, it's the worst. Lords of the Fallen is the best game that you've ever had. And Dark Souls is rubbish after Anor Londo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, both both of those are definitely pro follows. Uh, I, I've, I've I've followed you on both of those accounts for a long time, and uh, I, I very greatly enjoy it. <laughs> we try our best to serve. And uh, if you want to find me on uh, Twitter or Facebook or uh, I think those are the only two uh, social media that I have for the podcast so far, uh, you can find e- either of those at twitter.com slash LukeCast or facebook.com slash LukeCast. Both of those are Luke with eight U's. That's amazing. Uh, you can find my personal Twitter at Wade Brian R. Uh, and if you want to send an email for the show, it's also uh, at, uh, LukeCast at gmail.com. Who persuaded you? Was that that Greer boy that persuaded you to do this? The Luke uh, thing. <laughs> Actually, I wanted I wanted the the Twitter handle to just be Luke <laughs> with uh, twelve views because the maximum Twitter handle is fifteen characters. Oh my goodness! Uh, but somebody already has that. <laughs> really? And so I thought about reaching out and seeing how much they wanted for it, but I was way too yeah. lazy to actually go through with it. Well, that's not, yeah. Cool. So I just went with Luke Cast. Um, I do also want to uh, give a give a quick thanks to G- DJ AG for the theme song, which is a remix of John Williams's binary sunset yes uh you can find him on soundcloud.com slash djag-4 and on that note i think there's just one left one thing left to say richard um um these aren't the droids you're looking for but close (laughs) (laughs) may the force may the force be with you richard may the force be with you